This is the Two Marketeers podcast, where hosts and marketing experts Sean Patrick and Lindsay Waugh seek to uncover what makes brands so powerful in how they impact modern society and culture. Hello. Happy snow day. Thank you. It's beautiful outside. It is. It's like People? a blanket that's just covered up the slushity sloshity mess that is Southern Ontario winter. Well, I was remembering very vaguely as I tend to, which is typical of how I remember things. Um, I think our first podcast in a studio, and it was in a studio, I think we talked about, it was a snowy morning and we talked about, you know, welcome to Toronto where every snowfall is like the first snowfall ever. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. And I realized it was around this time. The first ever time we recorded? I think so. Was that? So that would like be like January 2019. Oh, yeah. <laughs> January, I don't know. Anyways, a little historic. Huh. Hey, it's Throwback Thursday. January 2019. So was that four years ago? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes. Holy moly. Four years we've been doing this? Through a pandemic. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exhausting. I know. <laughs> it's me too. I'm also exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Shawnee P. It's uh, January's off to a good start. Lots happening. I know you have lots happening as well. Yeah. 2023, regardless of this recession, <laughs> we, we seem to all be entering as consumers. Yeah. What are we here to talk about today? The T word? Yeah, we're dropping the T-bomb. It's the trust. We're here to talk about trust. Shocker. All things trust related. And I believe uh, it's Lindsay's, one of Lindsay's favorite time of the year. Uh, it's time for the trust barometer. I love the trust barometer. I don't love what it says about the world and society this year. <laughs> But for people who don't know what the trust barometer is, it's done by a company called Edelman. Um, and they say for more than 20 years, we have studied the influence of trust across society, government, media, business, and NGOs. Our work has proven that an organization's ability to succeed or fail is defined by trust in their mission and leadership. And our industry leading research explains why. 20 years they've been following trust. Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And how are we looking? We're looking not great. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, trust is in the gutter. <laughs> trust is in the gutter. Trust is in the gutter. It's a dumpster fire trust out there. Well, it's funny because Lindsay introduced me to the trust barometer a few years ago. And at first I thought it was really around, you know, brands and marketing, because that's what Edelman does, 
but mm. it's it's much larger than that every year it comes out and i'm like oh this is heavy shit yeah <laughs> like, it's a global societal study on trust that they've done year over year for 20 years around trust in society with business and brands being only one small part of that and across all population correct so it's like this real almost like census like you know it is a barometer on how is the world feeling <laughs> that's a big question <laughs> we should have a glass and, of wine for this episode and with that lindsay answer my question how is the world how is feeling? the world feeling so the 2023 edelman trust barometer was uh launched january 15th or released january 15th 2023 we'll talk about global right um and where kind of global. i'm just gonna read like top four headlines okay Again, pour yourself a glass of wine if you're not super into society crumbling. So four forces that lead to polarization. So the big headline from this report, 2023 Edelman Trust Barometer, Navigating a Polarized World. So that is the title of this uh, trust barometer. So top four headlines, four forces that lead to polarization. First, economic activity. So the economic optimism is collapsing around the world with 24 of 28 countries seeing all time lows in the number of people who think their families will be better off in five years. And that's okay. developed countries and not. And that is also very high in Canada. People not believing that in five years, their families will be better off. But yeah, well, I think what's important to pull out there is the measure is optimism, mm -hmm. which is absolutely a sentiment. It's, it's how you look to the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, 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 uh, it, it, it definitely jives with what we said from last week, which is it's fear-based and, um, we're not feeling great. We're free. What is it? Un uncertainty. Yeah. Optimism, all time low. All-time low optimism, which optimism, means all-time all high of pessimism. <laughs> Glass half full or not situation. <laughs> yes. Yep. So there's four of these. I'm actually going to read the second one last because it's most pertinent to our conversation today. The, th okay. the third one is people in the top uh, quartile of income live in a different trust reality than those in the bottom. So there's a 20-point gap between uh, I suppose what they would say affluent people and not. So people of high income have higher trust in society than people of lower income. Sure. You could, you could understand that. Typically, they're much closer though. So there's a 20 point gap between those groups of people and typically there's not that big a gap. So again, that's where the polarization is coming from. Okay. The battle for truth. So this is not surprise. Media is not trusted, especially low trust in social media. So also media probably 20 years ago when they first did this study would likely have had high trust. Like people used to trust the news, reporters, things like that to be telling the truth. And now that trust is very low. Fair. And the last one, which is more pertinent to our conversation today, business is now the sole institution seen as competent and ethical. Wow. Right? I, yeah. Government is viewed as unethical and incompetent. Business is under pressure to step into the void left by government. So again, business is now the sole institution seen as competent and ethical. Fascinating. 
do you think it's a result of nowhere to turn? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I just, okay. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> this is opinion at this point. Well, I feel like a lot of people, when they participate with government in North America, with things like voting, uh, you feel, I, I, this is a broad stroke, so take that for what it is. <laughs> you feel like you don't have a lot of ability to impact your situation, especially quickly. Like if you're voting and a new party comes in and you believe in that, change doesn't happen quickly. You kind of feel like you don't have the ability to impact change. But I think when people look at brands and companies and voting with their wallet and who they support and supporting values that they like and ethics that they like, I feel like they, in participation with like organizations and companies, that they may have a, a greater ability to impact positive change, like a greater control, a greater yeah. power in the relationship that they have with businesses in comparison to the relationships they have with government where they feel like they have very little control or very little ability to impact positive change. So that last point where we talk about voting with your wallet, which you've mentioned many times, but it's just coming very, very true. And I think it's that whole idea of the empowered consumer, the empowered buyer, where I do that. Like I am making choices that I've never found I've made before, where mm. it's like, you know what? I'm not buying this anymore. It's not, mm. right? So things we've talked about it where brands had to do the, the sort of uh, right thing from a social standpoint, like it's not Uncle Ben's anymore, it's Ben's and it's not uh, Aunt Jemima, it's Red Mill. I don't buy them. Hmm. And I'll, to say, I don't think I'm righteous by it, but I'm actually holding true to some, I'm, I'm bringing values in where I didn't before. Right. Over the last couple of years, people are saying like, no, the ethics of that company, especially as an employee is more important than anything else. Yeah. And I was even reading something this morning on, we've called it, the great resignation. And then we talked about quiet quitting. And now it's like the great reconciliation where like people are landing in new spots and like workforce is shifting around. And they were saying like specifically in our industry and in like marketing and advertising that they've lost record amounts of people and they can't hire anyone. Like people will not go and work in that environment. They would rather go to a startup that believes in changing the world and having actual impact on society and get paid half the price than grind it out at an agency 90 hours a week to, you know, be a creative. Like it's not like that anymore. Yeah, but they're even turning down the great pay when that happens. Because mm -hmm. what's worth it? Yeah and, yeah, and we talked about this a little bit is, you know, people are changing what they want. And I think if I think that segues really nicely into the opportunity I see for brands yeah. based on part of last episode when we talked about the recession pressure, you know, new year, new fear. Mm -hmm. And I think with everything that's happening and now layer on top of that, what Lindsay's remarks were about the latest Edelman Trust Barometer, there's this thing where we call it a brand entity, like what a brand is, it's all brand. And now with all the stuff that's happening with trust being in the gutter, I love that. We're going to put that gutter. one. Well, we should put that. That should be the title of this. Trust, trust is, is in, in the, the gutter. gutter. But that's good news <laughs> because. For business. Where people are going is they're trusting businesses. Mm -hmm. But guess what? You don't trust a business. You trust the people. You trust the human representation. You trust the, the, how that brand or company makes you feel based on your interactions and what you read about them and the experience you have. People, 
this is where brand comes in. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, what's the, what's your brand? I so I was just thinking I'm like I'm going through this experience right now because as we talked about on uh, our last status, I'm about to launch like a, a collective and a strategy kind of consultancy outside of my own business. So my current freelance consulting business is called called Wall Consulting Inc. It's me and like you said with your business, other people that I bring on to do things with me. And but it's largely me. Like I'm selling myself as a person, and that's what the business is. But with this new um, company that I'm about to launch, it's about the brand. It's about the story. It's about kind of the purpose and what people are buying into. But at the end of the day, the trust still relies a lot in the people. So it's also the people who have founded the business. Yeah, the trust goes back to, okay, I know who those people are. Um, but also now we're building a bigger thing around like what this company means to us and what it will mean to our clients and what it means to society and to the industry. Um, so there's that extra layer of purpose and meaning that we're putting behind it. That's that will be able to stand on its own outside of a person. So essentially what you're saying is you're creating your organization through your brand. You're not like in three years, we're going to be 20 people and we're going to be located here and we're going to have this and we're going to make this much money. Yeah. Right. And I think, thank you for that because congratulations. Um, (laughs) But also those two pieces with you, it's, 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 it's a lot easier to sort of comprehend because your LWAC, your WAC consulting, right. And very common in consulting, any kind of high value, intellectual sort of property situation like law and those kind of things architects that's why it's typically a group of names because Mm -hmm. it's about the people Mm -hmm. and that's how i started my whole career in freelance was like people knew who i who i am who i was when they worked with me and hence that's built my entire business right and it's where that fuzzy blurred line happens between your personal brand and all that stuff. And I mean, I support it, but this is like really important to understand because that's what I did with wise guy. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was funny, Lindsay, cause I was revisiting a few of the sort of like, you know, you look three years, wise guy's been around for, it'll be three years soon. It was a result of COVID. It was a sideline where I'm like, you know what? I want to get more strategy work and that's very difficult to do. And I have a company called Patrick Paradisi that's known for creative. Yes. Right. And you, you, you saw my struggles, right? And Lindsay, actually I hired Lindsay to do my, my brand strategy with me because it was like, I personally needed to make that distinction. So I could really say, I'm not stopping being a creative but it's holding me back from more work I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. And when you've built your rep- reputation over 30 years as a creative director, designer, and all these sort of things, what was happening is I was winning business with the understanding that I would work on strategy, but in the end, all they really wanted, and it's no fault of anyone's, is what I ended up delivering was a lot of, I would say, the strategy was great, now just go do the creative, and it, it right. would be very unfulfilling overall. So anyways, wise guy much like your collective was built and i took my time with it because i was all by myself i built a brand that i wanted to grow into yes and whatever that company ended up being it wasn't going to take precedence its success or its growth or its size wasn't going to take precedence over what i wanted this little brand to be wise guy right Mm -hmm. so when i created it i incorporated it right away First of all, just for the commitment of saying, 
it is a business. I do have to submit quarterly taxes yeah. and I do have to do this in year end and all that stuff. Three years later, I go back and I'm like, so how am I doing? And what was really interesting is a big guide to me was this book called The Company of One by Paul Jarvis. Great book. It really was exactly what I needed. And what it says was exactly what I did. So I was at the gym yesterday in prep for today. And I'm listening to a, the Blinkist version. Okay. And as I'd done three years ago, and I listened and I was like, oh my gosh. As much as some days are like, what am I doing? And why isn't this happening? And why isn't this? And I did exactly what the company of one philosophy is. It's that idea of growth and you know big money does not have to be success mm -hmm. right it's all relative so it's like as long as i'm a little organization and my profit is doing what it needs to do and all that stuff then i'm good what was interesting it was things like started as a sideline right like mm. don't stop doing what you're doing and then th these are all things that happen i'm still doing work a lot of work for patrick paradisi in fact what's starting to happen is I'll bill Patrick Paradisi, but I win the work based on wise guy. And they just say, yeah, whatever. Right, right. All to say, there's two questions that last week brought up. And I was like, oh my God, I think this is really important to talk about. Now, the way I see how people have looked at brands traditionally is becoming more and more antiquated the entire business around it has become, is becoming antiquated. Why? Because there are two questions that I will tend to ask myself or clients if I feel they are up for it. And that is if they want a brand or if they need to make some significant change or that, you know, it's time to go to market, it's time for us to grow and there's brand work they want, right? Understanding the marketplace, understanding your position in it, understanding how you put yourself in there and how you communicate there's this sort of understanding traditionally where the question would be, is your brand a representation of your company? And they'd be like, yeah. And that's often the challenge where they're like, okay, we've changed. How do we, how do we realign the brand? Because we're not this anymore. We're this, and we're not five people in a garage. We're 4,000 people on across North America. So what do we do? Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> and it involves, I won't say lying. Uh, I'll say some fiction, fictional narrative, which can be very frustrating. I say that because it's typically marketing in the traditional sense of marketing. It's marketing driven. Once we have a brand, we can market it. We can put it out there and we tell them this and we're doing stuff about that. And we launch a campaign that says we're this. Guess what? Is it that they've like just grown and changed, but don't necessarily like the standing for something, the purpose hasn't caught up. So now you need to kind of re-engineer the purpose back to the business in that scenario. Does that make sense? It does, Lindsay. Yes. And there's also my observation will be companies have gone through such tremendous growth because they've put gone to market with a great product. They've done great marketing. And, and that is what marketing was. It was what branding was. I need an identity. I need a logo and I need a deck, like a pitch deck. I need a key something. message to send out to the message. world. And so a lot of that would, would happen. 
where it gets murky is when you think of mergers and acquisitions and this company is now that company and this was bought by that and when you look at all that and all that talk no one is able to take the time and say whoa where are we right now yeah and align on what they stand for but based on our story and what i think the brands the big brands who have really done it well almost to the point in that uh most contagious 2022 most contagious report where they talked about if you don't if you're not a brand who has something good to offer already and is known you're kind of screwed <laughs> it's kind of how they say it yeah but they're not wrong not in general just in times of economic downturn <laughs> but, but it's also like but what were you waiting for like you said it lindsay not like recession is a big surprise the last three years there are companies that have looked at the importance of brand mm -hmm. investing in that brand and they're now the stories to see yeah reaping the rewards but what's really interesting is at our level entrepreneurs the other thing they'll say is the difference between a freelancer and becoming a business is becoming a business is being truly an entrepreneur you are running a business you are considering what money's coming in how's it being spent Whereas a freelancer, literally, you find a good rate, you, you know, you run your budget almost like a personal budget, and you get by. It's wonderful. The difference between the two is when that company is bigger than you, when that idea is so much more than just you. In fact, you even want to kind of say, like, when I built WiseGuy, I'd be like, down the road, it's a way of thinking. I've created this aspect of me. I'm living it as it's growing in a few years time, maybe it'll be something that will be a success, but it will be a success to me because I held true to the brand I built, who it was right. for and what it's trying to do. Right. The second question, which leads to this, and this is the beautiful thing for small brands, ask yourself, is the company a representation of your brand? So we first said, is the brand a representation of your company? Of course, it's a logo, it's it's a brand book, it's all that stuff. It's what branding was to you and me, Lindsay, in the last 12 years. But now, and it's a mindset shift. It's that fundamental question that says, but wait a minute, the struggle brands are having or companies are having is that they have a brand out there mm -hmm. and the company doesn't reflect that. Because they're not living up to what they say they are. They don't even know what they're supposed to live up to. Right. And the like, whole foundation of building trust and gaining trust as an organization in today's society is living up to the things that you say you are. Because a brand is not a set it and forget it. Right. We say this over and over. You're welcome, Lindsay. Uh, this is crazy. There's jobs and it doesn't matter how much people are paid. They don't take it. This is insane. No, they'd rather go work at something that means something to them, blah, 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 blah and not get paid. And you're like, that's just silly. And that's where you kind of go, but is it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because guys, there's a whole generation. I think we call them Gen Z and they're coming and that's what they believe. Yeah. Because the thing I was reading this morning as well around that great reconciliation was you need to figure out the best way to support your people properly. And if it's through something like a side hustle or other passions that they have, or like whatever it is, you need to figure that out because they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So yes. if they're working at an ad agency and they're burnt out and they have other priorities and passions that they want to fulfill, and you don't think about people as a main, as like the heart of your business and living up to what those values are, then they're going to leave and they're going to do it anyway. So it's not, there's not the lure of money and status and all of that for Gen Z as much as there was before. 
they're going to hit the road regardless. So you better figure it out. That's, that's the difference. What they care about is different than what we would have cared about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two key questions is brand representing a company is the traditional way to look at it. And it's very marketing driven, right? Messaging first value second. <laughs> yeah. Right. The other side is this is where there's a really great opportunity because it's the progressive way of thinking and it's organizationally driven. It, it, it marries quite well. And we talk about should marketing continue to be over here and they own the brand. And that's the sort of like companies are going to change because those that look at we want to build something that's a living and breathing thing, right? That's the idea of what a brand entity is. Just like I've changed from being a freelancer, I now have a company. Mm-hmm. When do you do it? You do it when you have this idea in your head that what it is you're doing extends so much far beyond who just you are, right? You're trying to attract. You have this crazy, mighty idea that you're just like, I just want to go out there and hopefully there's other people who think the way I do. Yeah, it's a rallying cry. And if it doesn't become bigger than you, that's no problem, but there's no, it it keeps you on course. So if one day wise guy is, you know, four people, I've exceeded my expectations, but those four people and I will continue to evolve it based on that unifying brand and what what it's there to do. And that's what connects, that's what people connect with. Yeah. And it can evolve over time as well. Like it should evolve over time. Like, even if yeah. you're like, hey, I'm just starting out creating one cup of coffee. Like, I don't have this massive mission or this big purpose-driven thing that I'm trying to do. I just believe in better coffee. Like, Starbucks started as their mission to be, like, creating the world's finest cup of coffee. That, and that was kind of it. And, like, staying close to their values as they grew. And then as they evolved, it, now it's to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, one neighborhood at a time. So like wanting to create the world's finest coffee is still something that can be grounded in purpose and you can shift and grow your purpose as your business grows to be more of that higher level uh, values that people can really latch onto. So it's not to say that if you're just launching a product, you can't do this, you can, and it can evolve as your business grows. It's a mindset where you think the reason I'm building a brand is because I want to build something great that hopefully we get to down the road. Mm -hmm. So to wrap up, I've created this little advice message to differentiate between these two questions. Brand is not the story you want to put out there. Brand is what people think of you based on your actions every day. Fire. Employees, customers, the industry you're in, investors and competitors, society in general. And if you loop it back to the trust barometer, if you do those things you say you will do and you're living up to those values, that's how you build trust in a society that is ripe for the picking. Yes. And that's how you attract talent. That's how you get those people with high values who aren't working just for the money. This is why brand look at it a little differently, even if it's just how you think about it. Mm -hmm. And you will probably start looking at things a little differently. Awesome. Great advice to end with Sean. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks, Lindsay.
Okay. Have a great day, marketeers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, Lindsay. Bye. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Two Marketeers podcast. New episodes launch every two weeks. Find the Two Marketeers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you like to listen. And be sure to rate and subscribe. Listen on our website, thetwomarketeers.ca, or you can ask Alexa to play the Two Marketeers podcast. Want to keep in touch? Follow the Two Marketeers on LinkedIn or at Two Marketeers on TikTok. We've always got something to share. This podcast is over.